Okay. Welcome to Ready Row USA. This is season five in episode 26. My name is Diane Bevan, and I'm here today with two rowing notables, Jim Dietz and Mark Wilson, who are coaches, co-founders of All-American Rowing Camp. And uh, in case you don't know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about each of them, and then we're going to get into the fall head race preview. Um, Jim, first uh, first Olympics was in 1972. He's been in since since then, either as a coach or a rower. Um, he's rowed in uh, world numerous world champions races around the world, uh, and rowed a lot of athletes. Probably uh, coached, I should say, with a lot of athletes. Um, 2010 U.S. National Hall of Rowing Hall of Fame, uh, and again co-founder of the All American Rowing Camp. Mark Wilson is our other guest. He is um, was a walk-on athlete at the University of Wisconsin in 1986. Met Jim at the uh, Coast Guard Academy uh, in 19. I had my glasses. 87, 89. Yeah. Um, at Northwestern University, he won the IRA National Champion title for Varsity 8 and has coached and coached people in the Olympics and also co-founder of the All-American Rowing Camp. So I think perhaps let's just start a little bit if you can tell us about your camp. About our camps? About your camps. Yeah. Oh, we've had camps going for how many years now? We're in 24. 24. Next year will be 25 years. Seems like yesterday that we started. <laughs> and uh, basically the idea was to, to bring people to a spot and give them that, that fine tuning, that coaching that everybody craves. And uh, it's taken off. Uh, we, we normally are, are spending the, the last of December and the whole month of January and February in Florida with people coming down doing that year after year and then we move off to camps around the united states uh and a lot of camps in europe now we're in we're in italy we're in croatia we're in switzerland you know you name it we're there there are so many beautiful places to row in the world we like to take people to those places where they can get a few good rows in every day and then really partake in the culture I think one of the things that's really exciting is that a lot of what we've done and and, and has grown since uh, 1999 has been uh, demand. Uh, we, we're we're cultivating this opportunity, but the, really it's the demand from the rowers out there in the rowing community. And what they want, then we basically say, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Let's let's make it work. Let's put the pieces together and, and uh, create create a great opportunity. So uh, whether or not we're going to uh, someplace on the West Coast or East Coast or North or Midwest, um, those are all great, great things to do. And then we're doing sculling camps now or, do, or uh, sweet, um, excuse me, coastal sculling camps now. We're doing intro to row camps now. We're doing these experience camps like the um, head of the Charles camp that we're going on right now here in Boston. And uh, then the European camps, we, we bring our expertise in the coaching to this foreign destination so that's not just uh, a row around a pretty lake like in bled slovenia but you're actually getting really high high level coaching and being in a beautiful place so uh, that's kind of what makes it fun and unique the other thing that i'm excited about and this has always been part of our our, our camps is 
coaching education. And when people are coming to our camps, bringing their entire club to the camp, we encourage them to bring their coaches so their coaches can ride along with us and, and pick up on what we're teaching them. Our sport has exploded in the United States. The level of coaching is has a lot to be desired. And our desire is to try to improve coaching in the United States. So coaching education and Mark is, is really moving into that full steam right now. In the, in the coming month, in the coming months, we'll have some more opportunities and we'll talk more about that. But yeah, we're working on that to kind of take the all American model and bring that into the coaching development side at a, at a little higher level. So we'll talk about that later. Well, that's terrific. And, and to that point, um, we are here to talk about and preview the fall regatta head head races. Exciting. And yeah. Very exciting. And talk about an exploding sport. And your note that you sent to me, there's 95 head races in Regatta Central. Just, just on Regatta Central. And I know there's many, many others that are out there in the United States and Canada that are not listed on Regatta Central. But I just went through the calendar. Yeah, it's it was shocking to me as well. 95 between basically first uh, of September and uh, middle of November. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Really and all over, all over really the country. Exciting. And we haven't even touched on international. And I know there's an international event that you're going to as well. There's many, many uh, head races across Europe as well and other places around the world. So, yeah, it's great. With, with the history there, you know, head racing has always gone on in England, especially, but all through Europe and stuff. It really didn't start here in the United States till about 1965, where Ernie Arlette, whose family was from Henley on Thames, was the coach, the first coach of Northeastern University. And Ernie's comment to all the other coaches on the river were, nobody does anything in the fall. Why aren't you racing? And that's how they started the head of the Charles. And Ernie was one of the, the four guys that, that started that program. And five years after the head of the Charles, the head of the Schuylkill takes off. And now you look at Regatta Central, we have 95 head races in the country. All right. And that's just filling the demand of the number of people that are rowing today. And the other cool thing about all the head race development is that the the length of the sport or the length of the event is really unique and can be unique to the location that the event is being held. There's nothing magical specific about uh, a 5K, and that's obvious right here in Boston. You know, it's 4,720 meters, not 5K. And then other places, it might be a half marathon. Other places, it might be 6K. Some places, it might be only three. And that it just doesn't matter. It's about bringing people together and having a great time. So wherever you are, you can put it on an event. History, do you know, know why the head of the Charles is that distance? I do not. Let me tell you. It is that <laughs> distance because there, there was a plug-in at the BU Boathouse, which is our start, and the finish line is basically that power pole, tel yeah. telephone pole that was there that they needed power. That's why it's not 5K. That's why it's 4,720. Okay. Yeah. okay, so okay. this is an aha for me because – I volunteer on the docks there, right near the finish line. Mm -hmm. And why would they ever put it there? It's nothing there. It was for the power, <laughs> power pole. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, the head races have changed tremendously. The very first head race that was the head of the Charles that I rode in, right? You went by the BU dock, and there was a Seth Thomas school clock on a board, right? And your picture was taken with a state-of-the-art Polaroid camera. Ooh as you were going through watching that second hand go around 
and they had a similar clock on a similar board at the finish line. Supposedly the clocks were set up perfectly and they would take a picture. And the reason the results didn't come out till about three o'clock in the morning and everybody got the party hard at the Harvard cage was because some poor guy in the Cambridge Bow Club had to sit there and do the math. And they were never right. <laughs> so we've come a long way, baby, as far as as far as technology. Yes, we have. And now with with all kinds of ways for people to time themselves, you really have to be mm -hmm. on it. I mean, I look at my watch here. It has it it has more in it than you'll ever use. You'll exactly. Ever use. Exactly. Well, maybe we can start uh, in our preview here talking about head of the Charles. I did talk to, uh, or get a note from Brendan Mulvaney, who's the race director, mm -hmm. and some exciting things this year that haven't been there before uh, is that for the first time they have a prize purse. So for the uh, championship single events, um, there are cash prizes. So first is 10K, second is 5K, third is two and a half. Oh. Right. That right. K, tell your audience, that K means dollars. That it, means it's, it's not, dollars, it, it's, not, it's not really. meters. Yeah. That is money, uh, and there's going to be a lot of U.S. national team athletes there. So that's going to be a really and that's fun what we thing to watch. that's what we need in the sport. I mean, yeah. you know, you need to bring that dollar aspect into it. Our athletes on the highest level are basically, you know, working part time jobs while they're trying to continue their training and to to be on a par with our the rest of the world that we have to compete against. Mm -hmm. Our kids need to have some kind of support, and this is this is a great first yeah. step. And love and passion only go so far. Yeah. So the other other new uh, aspect is they're going to have elite pairs racing. So top pairs from the world championships are also going to compete at this event. So another great thing to watch and watch mm -hmm. them navigate our seven bridges and the complexity that uh, that we have ahead of the Charles. In in a pair, no less. All right. I mean, I I can remember years back, you know, begging the regatta Fred Shock to put a quad in because. Jim, they don't have rudders. They they won't be able to navigate the bridges, right? Well, you think about a pair trying to navigate those bridges today. Trust me, the athletes can do it. I was going to say, good fights. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. um, tell me what uh, a little bit about these head races and what you're most excited about and two different perspectives. One is from a rower who wants to go to one of these races and another perspective from race organizers, how to continue to make their regattas Spectator friendly, bring in you know more viewers, more watchers, more rowers. Oh, I just put together a few of the um, races that I found through um, the, through the calendar on Regatta Central, and I was shocked to see the number of races going on on the same weekend and a lot of races. Obviously, with ninety five races, there have to be a lot of overlap, and they're from coast to coast. Starting off on September third, the Petaluma Half Marathon and Full Marathon is a is a really interesting race. It's on the Petaluma River. It goes from Petaluma, California, which is a beautiful location, and it goes all the way down to San Francisco Bay if you're doing the full marathon and it turns back. So, you know, events don't just have to be head races um, in the, in the tr sense of being a 5k, like we talked about. And then there's just more and more races all over the Chicago river half and full marathon is a newer event. Um, CRI classic here is an opportunity for people to see part of the head of the Charles course uh, early, but it doesn't obviously near it. Um, and then there's just more and more. The head of the Cuyahoga is one of the, uh, more challenging races as far as bridges. Milwaukee has a very challenging course as far as bridges go, and they're just all over. So, you know, you can just pick a 
pick a place and go. And I think from a from a uh, spectator or not from a spectator, but from a participant standpoint, if you're out traveling, if your business takes you to someplace like Chicago and you're from Texas, well, why not spend the weekend and then go and enter and line up a boat, which is pretty easy to do, and and go race in some new new location. I think that people ought to be looking at that and not worrying too much about whether or not they take their own boat. We're, we're putting on an event right now with uh, 12 scholars here in Boston and uh, six people came in, flew in and they're using borrowed boats and they set themselves right up and we help them with that. And, you know, so don't feel like you got to drive halfway across the country with your single on, on the top of the car. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I, and, and, most clubs are receptive to that. You know, if you're going to to one of these clubs and you say, I'd like to participate in your regatta, but you know, there's no way I can bring my boat. Well, some of the regattas, the, the manufacturers actually will show up when we go to uh, uh, Turin in Italy, we'll have boats supplied by Filippi and uh, other people. And you'll, you'll get that here in the United States. I know the Vespoli and Wintech and, and some of the others, they make boats available. So don't think that you have to bring your boat. You can come here, you can rent a boat for the day and, you know, have a great experience at that. Pretty much every regatta out there has some sort of video of their regatta. So there is the opportunity to go over video as far as knowing what you're going to go into. I mean, the camp that we're running here this this week in, in Boston is to teach people how to navigate the seven bridges of the Charles. All right. How to navigate it with, without getting messed up. All right. You know, knowing that you're going on day to, one, they're getting messed up. But right. By, I mean, by I day mean, three, it goes a little right. Bit. You know, they start off with Stevie wonder, uh, butch jelly and, and, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and they're all over the place, but you, you all of a sudden, you know, because the coaches are telling you, you're going into weeks bridge. Look over your right shoulder. You're going into Lars Anderson. Look over your left shoulder. You should be this far off of the shoreline. You can line these things up. This is where the where the buoy's going to be, because it could be intimidating coming to the head of the Charles and having not only what five six thousand competitors, but a quarter of a million people on the shoreline screaming. You're like a little kid. God, where am I? What's going on? You know, I'm going to hit a bridge. You know, so you want to. Take that element out of it. Be familiar with with where you are. You're going to launch your boat from the falls. It's going to take you so long to get to the starting line. This is the race in front of you. This is the race after you. The sculler in front of you might be from CRI or the Cambridge Boat Club. They might know the course a little bit better than you do. You might want to follow those guys. You know, all these little tips and stuff that help people. But just the calmness of coming into a situation knowing what's going to happen and not be frantic, I think makes the experience that much greater. And I know the, the regatta organizers appreciate it because they don't want to have people rowing onto the course, stopping a race or having an accident, which, which can happen. You know I mean? Like, again, you know, you've been to the regatta. There's a lot of logistics involved, a lot of moving parts. And I think, and I think that leads right into hosting a regatta is it's now easy really easy to just put together a short video, little description of what your event is all about, why somebody should come, and then some of the highlights, you know, what what's challenging, what people want to think about, 
the Music City Head Race down in Nashville, Tennessee. They, it's kind of a steep um, entryway down to the dock. You want to let people know that that's, a, you know, they're probably going to want to have somebody help them carry a boat or a team might have a little uh, need to kind of pay attention going down to the dock. Once they're there, they've got a great dock set up, but it's just a steepness, right? But, and then it's downriver. So you've got to plan on uh, warming up upriver. But I think regatta organizers can really help themselves by putting together. And I'm, I think most of them are now. But if you haven't as a regatta organizer, go ahead and put together that five to 10, maybe 12 minute video that kind of highlights the points of your race. And you could have one for competitors. You could have another one for spectators and the um, the support crew that comes along, maybe the spouses or the family or the friends that come along and support the participants. They might want to see what else is available at the venue, right? Or nearby in Nashville, again, as an example, literally across across a pedestrian bridge is music music row you know it's just amazing how close and down the downtown is and people want to know that that it's close so they can plan on where to go for lunch or what to do um, besides watching the great racing that's going on you so. can't go wrong if you have a beer tent by the finish line i mean it's, <laughs> it's as simple as that you know i mean everybody needs that you know, so that that's good. But the other just make sure you keep those miners out. Right. You keep the that's miners right. out. But that's you know, right. the, the, the other support there for the organizers, you know, the regatta centrals that are going to help you set things up. The yep. here now and the other timing experts that come in to, to run the regatta for you. I mean, this takes a lot of the headache out. If you have somebody who's a, a private group coming in that does this for a living and they're doing your timing. Well, you know your competitors are going to get an honest time at the end of the day without, you know, the mishaps. If if I'm running a in my college days when I'd be running my Friday night races, you know, by the time I got home, the phone would be ringing and the gals would be saying, you check your math. I beat that gal, you know. So but there is a lot of support that, that will help you run a really good event, you know. I think the other thing with events from an event organizer or uh, club, if it's the club putting it on, is to involve as many different people in the community as possible. I think uh, rowing, especially on a community waterway, really ought to be a, an event that's uh, open to not just the rower, rowers or the rowing community, but to everybody in the community involving uh, street art or music fest, you know, kind of a music festival or even a uh, maybe there's a community college or high school and involving the uh, music students. Everybody likes to be outside listening to music of various uh, types and then food trucks and stuff like that. Just make it fun. And then that gives people a variety of options for uh, nourishment, if you will, during the day. And uh, all sorts of other things can happen there. You could do demo rows you could have equipment out you could have your equipment from the club sitting out on slings and explaining you could have ergs out and then when people come come by and they're watching there's something for them to do there could be like head of the charles um larry o'toole is the owner of uh general giants Giant. down at the expo right what does he have you remember the stairs, the, the stairs. climbing truck exactly. thing. That's how cool is that? <laughs> Everybody wants to run the, the gentle giant stairs, you know, yeah. and, uh, but things like that, you know, fair type of activities. And it could be an erg sprint, uh, challenge. It could be a, an orlock toss thing. I mean, you just got to be creative, come up with some rowing centric games for little kids to play. And that's going to make the parents happy. You know, there's a little kid area that goes along. 
the head of the Schuylkill does some interesting stuff like that. Uh, in advance, you know, the the poster for that year and the program cover will be artwork that's submitted and you have a winner and that winner gets the poster and, and, and the cover of the magazine, you know, and that's you know, right. what, what Mark was saying about, you know, the, the finish line area, you know, great opportunity to bring vendors in, right. Yep. Not only the food trucks, but you know, the, the guys that are selling the rowing shirts, you know, to keep your club going, you sell so many shirts and, and, you know, the ergs and well, not and not just rowing stuff again in the head of the hooch in Chattanooga, Tennessee, they have a whole venue area. It's probably 40 or 50 venue vendors of art, um, you know, homemade art things really well done on all sorts of different things for people to walk through and examine and see and buy. And that just supports the, again, the community, the artist community and so on of Chattanooga. And uh, I think those kind of things are great. Again, rowing, rowing, if you're at an event, we were just talking with some folks out on, out at our camp that we did on Spy Coast and they spent, you know, they were at the very first event. Two of the rowers had were in the very first event of the day but they wanted to hang out and wait for the last event of the day. Cause they had friends in it. They're there for seven hours. You know, we've all been at events that go on forever. What, and if there's something to do other than just watch rowing go by, it would be a lot more fun. So, you know, if you're an or event organizer, you know, just brainstorm, have people come out and, and, uh, and then the other thing is to invite people that might invent groups local groups that might turn into uh, participants, yeah. you know, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, Boys, um, Boy Scouts of America would love to do that, Girl Scouts, those kind of things. And then there might be your helpers. I ran in a regatta, numerous regattas where we had the local Boy Scout troop be our parking attendants. What, what could go wrong there? Nothing. You know, you're, they're taking orders. You know, they do the job. They're fantastic. They get up early. They come down. And then they're making some uh, – a donation is made back to the troop to make sure that they're happy and the troop leaders are encouraged to come back the next year. So the more different groups you can uh, involve, I think, is really a, a, a positive message. If, you, if you're working with your community organizers, one of the things that they, they were doing down in Mystic was they have their – Coastal Weeks Regatta the same weekend as their Taste of Mystic. So all of the all of the food tents were there. And again, that's drawing people down to enjoy the food. And all of a sudden, what's this stuff going out on the water? This is rowing. How do I get involved? There's the club organization there. You start bringing the people in. Tell me about how important volunteers are to make all of these regattas work. It's Oh, they're really not that important. You shouldn't have them. Don't <laughs> even think about bringing them. <laughs> We're all volunteers it, it, here. It, it's it's so important. I mean, you can't put on these events without volunteers. And, and you know, the, the success of that of the Charles and a lot of the, the regattas that I, I attend, you're, you're seeing the same volunteers in the same place every year, right? The person that's the dock master, they do a great job because – they are the dock master every year. They're not trying to go up the food chain and do something else. You know, the person that's doing the announcing has a knack for doing the announcing. You know, the the person, yeah. you know, all of this stuff, you know, uh, how many bow numbers are handed out 
at the head of the Charles. Think about it. Thousands. Five, thousands. Yeah, thousands. <laughs> and it has to be thousands. done. It has to be done orderly, right? Mm -hmm. And and people have to be able to get in and get out. And I remember years where it wasn't great, but <laughs> you learn over time how to get it happen. And there again, you're going to get your bound number. And I, I bet I, I'm seeing the same people this year that I saw last year and the year before. And yeah. as far as volunteers go, I think, again, rowing clubs try to do everything themselves. I think we're really a group of people that think, oh, we need to do this. But really what needs to happen is that your rowers and your members of your club should be the leaders of different committees. But then also people have friends and people have co co-workers in different locations around the city that yeah. you're that you're rowing from. You need to encourage participation at the volunteer level from various different people. There's way too many uh, clubs that burn out their volunteers, you know, their club volunteers. But there's an awful lot of people out there in the community that would love to volunteer at a something fun like a rowing event, you know, that's outside and so on. So co-workers um lions clubs you know service organizations like that different folks you know you just go out and find people outside of your little rowing club and you're going to have a much more fun event sarasota florida probably our best rowing venue in the entire country right very few clubs really around that that could really put on the events that that you want to put on you know my advice to those guys down there is you have all these retirement communities. So many of these guys down there know they know how to drive boats. You know, they they're going to want to get involved and they they moved in that direction and it just took off. And now they have a feeder system. We have a comment. We have a comment. OK, did I did I say something wrong? Why don't the Olympic Games have a head? Ooh. The Olympic Games could have a head race. In fact, the, the reason in, in the United States, Charlotte, if, if we're looking at history, there are races in the United States, all of our collegiate races and our professional races before they went out of vogue were, were always two, three, four mile races. All right. The reason we've gone to 2000 meters internationally is they don't have the longer bodies of water like we do to, uh, to do it. I would throw that question back at whoever sent it in here and and say, why don't uh, why don't we have a collegiate women's head race? Think about it. All right, we are limited. There's no real collegiate women's season. They just choose to come to some of these races. But why isn't the NCAA running head races for our women? Right. On the sprint side in the spring, you're limited to 2,000 meter race courses. How many good 2,000 meter race courses do we have? We have Sarasota, we have Eagle Creek, you know, there are places around the country. But to move that regatta closer to a university, you know, University of Alabama on a great river, University of Massachusetts on a great river, right? You could be moving your championship closer to different communities and bringing our races into those communities and giving given more women and more guys, more opportunities for racing besides the, the, the club venue. And we are limited a, a bit with the club venue and colleges going to the races because of the recruiting rules, right? Okay. 
the colleges really can't be around the high school kids at certain point. And that's why they try to separate it here. You know, so there, there are good reasons to, to do that. And, and but I, I like the question, whoever sent that in, that was excellent. <laughs> excellent. Well, I think we are almost, we've gone through our entire time and I've never done a head regatta. So I think uh, you're inspiring me to I, I, come to camp. Well, I would say, you know, from a participation standpoint, if you're a newer rower, if you're coming into the sport, the head race is the perfect opportunity to put your racing hat on for the first time. It's really doesn't have to be intimidating. You're not racing side by side next to other people. You've got, you're racing really against yourself. Right. Whether or not yeah. you're in a single or in an eight or a quad or a team boat, whatever, it's just about doing the best that you can do over the course of whatever the distance happens to be. And so if you're nervous or timid or scared about jumping into a race boat or a race, a head race, any head race is a great one to, to, to jump into. Maybe not your first head race or first racing scenario should be the head of the Schuylkill or the head of the Charles or one of those. But there are so many great races all around the country. Makes it easy to, to get into a race. And, and yeah. rowers are always good to help other rowers. You know, I mean, people are going to come in. You're going to be standing around with people and they're going to they're going to look over and go. Obviously, she doesn't know what she's doing. Let me go over there and help her out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but rowers are good people and, and, and they want more people to come into the community. So it's all it's a win win. Yeah. Inclusive. Yeah. So top five tips for a new rower to to think about training All right. going to a head race. I'll, I'll start with number one. Don't take too many strokes in the same place. All right. <laughs> a, a head race, you want to spread, you want to row a little bit lower, spread those strokes out and try to go from here to there. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. Mark. Well, we've got some of them bump on the screen. So if you're, okay. if you're watching the screen, I do like the idea of number three, scope out the course and the logistics, mm -hmm. educate yourself, not only for your own safety, but the other people around around you that you're racing. So I think that's probably my big one. And again, just scope it out. Call somebody, visit the website, watch the video, look at the course before the morning of the race, right? Look at the map and those things. So I'd say that one's probably one of my most, uh, I like logistics. I put on things like all over. So I like logistics. <laughs> and have some fun. And have I, some like, fun. I like the last yeah. one. Making fun is absolutely <laughs> right. Fun. It's got to be that's, fun. And that's part of the beer tent idea. You know, yeah. if there's a beer tent at the end, you're going to have a great, uh, a great time. So. And it might be in your bed of your trailer. Yeah, who knows? Well, thanks for having us here today. This has yeah, been fun. Thank you very much. We, we, we could it. keep going for hours, but <laughs> it's time to break. Yeah. It's time to break. So we want to thank our sponsors and supporters as well. Um, on your screen, these are ways to communicate with Ready Row USA. We want to thank our sponsors, Burn and Boat Slings, All right. Rowing Pads, Pierce Press, Community Rowing here in Boston, Sykes Resolute USA, The Crew Stop, All-American Rowing Camp. Who are those guys? <laughs> and if you want to become a sponsor, let us know. Excellent. Super. Thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. We good? Hold on a second. Now we do our Saturday Night Live on the stage. Thank <laughs> you.